0: Hello, I'm horror cartoonist Dennis St. John. I draw monsters and write twisted tales. As you can imagine, I was a little obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Lucky for me, so were most of my high school friends, all except one. One friend who stubbornly refused to join the Scoobies. So here we all are, 20 some odd years later. I'm teaming up with Doc Travis, John, Teach Landis, and maybe a special guest or two, and we are going to make our friend, Michael Poli watch one episode of Buffy a week until he's no longer the Buffy Virgin. Uh, welcome to Buffy Virgin, a spoiler-free Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. We are going to be casting spells and watching Season 6, Episode 10, Wrecked. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. I am your host, Dennis St. John. Why don't the rest of you guys introduce yourselves in whichever order you choose?
1: Hi, my name is Travis. I'm not the Buffy Virgin, but I'm here for the ride.
2: Uh,
0: My name is John.
2: I am always here and I have just reorganized all of my wires and I'm feeling extremely good about it.
3: My name is Michael. I'm the Virgin. I've only seen Buffy up to season 6 episode 10 and my wires are in disarray like a pit of snakes on the floor right now.
1: I'm in a pit of snakes.
0: I wonder if that's a metaphor for something. Alright, let's do the summary Everyone for Everyone at one
1: time has a pit of snakes And we really can't judge them for having a pit of snakes Because that snake was probably a mistake So we should back off
0: Just back a off, Snake man. mistake I'm A missnake Alright, uh, what happened this episode? Let's listen to the summary The Summary
3: Buffy wakes up angry at herself and Spike for their amazing house-destroying sex. Anya and Xander are planning their wedding, and Amy takes Willow to see Rack, the warlock who gets you high with magic. Willow has plans to take Don to see a movie later, but she enjoys getting high so much that she asks Don to hang out in Rack's awesome waiting room while she walks on the ceiling. Somehow a demon accidentally gets summoned, and High Willow steals a car to escape from a demon now in pursuit, and Don is basically a hostage. Willow struggles with magical driving and wrecks the stolen car, knocking her out, and breaking Dawn's arm. And to make a bad situation worse, there's still that demon after them. Meanwhile, Buffy recruits Spike to help her find the now-missing Willow and Dawn, and they show up just in time to fight off that Dawn-hungry demon, while Willow regains consciousness and destroys it with magic. At the end of the episode, Buffy is angry, Dawn is in the hospital, and Willow is in bed fighting magical withdrawal symptoms.
0: Let's uh, get into Great Lines. Great Lines.
1: I So I chose one of Don's lines, and um, Don said um, to Tara when Buffy and Willow were missing, she goes, what if they are all in a ditch? Ditches are bad. Mom used to talk about the ditches. <laughs> Such an adorable <laughs> phrase. The ditches,
0: yeah. A-
1: the ditches.
3: Uh, my favorite line is when uh, Buffy kind of, like, corners Amy, who's going through Willow's room. And Buffy's like, what is this? It's sage. It
2: is what I think it is. Like, <laughs> just the drug bust. <laughs> Was that marijuana? That's what I figured out. The, the implication is that is that Amy's worried that Buffy will think it's marijuana, but that oh. it's just sage. And Buffy's like, yeah, I know it's sage. That's actually what I am worried about. <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs>
2: Magic things are drugs. It's such a sim. Yeah, magic is drugs in a
3: simulation of drugs.
0: Yeah. This is from Willow. Um, The magic wasn't all great. I won't miss the nosebleeds and headaches and stuff. Or keeping stinky yak cheese in my bra. Don't ask. (laughs) I knew
1: when I watched this episode, I knew that you were going to pick that line. I was like,
0: he is so
1: going
2: to pick that line. Um, This isn't really a great line as much as it is a gross line where uh, Spike is like, I may be dirt, but you're the one who likes to roll in its slayer. It's uh, accurate and apt about this relationship is, uh, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, Spike Spike knows
0: what's up. Yeah, that's really getting right down to what's going on. Uh, Let's go into the kill count. The kill count. So this episode has drug trips, two hallucinated dead girls, which I could not decide whether they actually belong in the kill count or not, one car accident, one dead demon, and lots of skin this episode. Lots of spike skin. Lots of spike skin. But lots some of buffy weird, some willow. Spike is like, ah, I mean, James
2: Marsters is uh, a real inspiration uh, for uh, people of my build that you can be both uh, incredibly thin and muscly at the same time. Well, if, like I, if I worked out, maybe I could
0: achieve that. That'd be great. I'm glad he's inspiring you. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on to Weird Noticings and Trivia. Although that was a very weird noticing, John. (laughs) Weird Noticings. Uh, So this episode starts off with a Looney Tunes cartoon. Uh, I feel like the last time we saw Looney Tunes was in a room full of dead teenagers. So, a little little bit like back to this well but it's good to see Don and Tara are in fact alive not a big deal we've been calling this out uh, for ages
2: but the way that this show plays fast and loose with the uh, sunlight on vampires not be not, like they don't even care like there's there's a if you look at the I put a um, screenshot at the bottom very bottom there you can see like a sunbeam is literally going across spikes throat <laughs> as he lies in the rubble and nobody's bothered
0: yeah yeah <laughs> I also love that uh, he's like, it's daytime, so he's just going to hang out in this rubble house all day. Yeah, the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> and I usually I wouldn't call this out, but last week we spent a lot of time talking about the outfit Buffy was wearing at the end of last episode. A good, like, what, eight hours later, she puts on an entirely different outfit. <laughs> uh, I just want to know how that happened. <laughs> but this scene is... Intense and weird.
2: It is. I mean, the the grossness of it is... They do a, a decent job of making that very palpable. But, yeah. um, I, I, I would kind of like to either write or more likely read a fanfic in which uh, Buffy and Spike start a demolition company where they go around <laughs> just having sex in people's houses that need to be demolished. I think that'd be really fun.
3: I mean, it is... <sighs> Buffy's just such a bad mom to Dawn this morning and uh, really just a complete wasteoid. And I've, I put it in questions for the group because I just want to talk about what is Spike and Buffy's relationship right now because there's something so there's something that feels really true about this relationship at this point because we're spending way more time in a place that I'm uncomfortable with, which is this weird, rocky back and forth between the two of them. So it's coming from a place of truth at this point. It has to be to sustain Whatever is happening right now. But I've, I've never been there. I've never been where they are, where I, both people hate each other slash love each other slash hate themselves or something. It is just a weird, messy place. Um, uh, yeah. I'm curious what people think about their relationship right now, <laughs> but we can save for questions, but
0: yeah. When Amy comes in, Amy is really reminding me of Anya, early Anya in this, the, in this kitchen episode where she, you know it was especially the the line of like it's amy the rat oh i'm sorry she's like no it's accurate i used to be rat <laughs> <laughs> um
2: one one cool little uh, zoom in and enhance thing that you don't have to zoom in that far for is uh it, during the research scene uh xander is reading a book uh titled tobin's spirit guide which as we uh i'm sure we all know is uh from ghostbusters so
0: a little ghostbusters reference is is this stating that uh, Buffy and Ghostbusters take place in the same universe now?
2: Oh, that would actually kind of make a fair amount of sense. I actually kind of like that thought. Yeah. I mean. Because they're both really campy. Yeah, we just like, I feel like the, the approach to horror comedy is a similar, strikes a similar tone and balance um, in a way. Um, and I feel like there's nothing incompatible about the two universes. I feel like that could work.
0: Yeah, I think they could exist on the same laws, basically.
2: I wouldn't want to see the crossover. I think that would be boring. But um, <laughs> but I like the idea. I like the idea they're in the same universe. That works for me.
1: Well, you don't want to see the Ghostbusters out of their element, like uh, being attacked by
2: vampires. Just given... Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm more like worried about the damage to Buffy than the damage to Ghostbusters. I'm not one of these yeah. weird, protective, <clears throat> creepy Ghostbusters fanboys. Oh, okay. that well, yeah,
0: given the toxic fandom of Ghostbusters nowadays... Uh- <laughs>
3: I'm certain that yeah. on the real Ghostbusters cartoon show, I'm sure they explored vampires, right? Oh, I'm like, sure they had to have. Like The show went on for so long. And they're really into the Chosen One in that universe, too. So it would be just, uh, you know, one rewrite away from making Ghostbusters into a Buffy movie.
1: Um, is this the first time Willow's uh, magic meter has run down to zero and has to recharge?
2: <sighs> seems to be. Yeah. She seems surprised by it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that means she didn't even get down she didn't even get down to 0 after she resurrected Buffy, right? Yeah, right. she could still do some stuff. Yeah.
3: That's wild. I do kind of love that scene though where she's trying to shut the window with magic, like just to throw the light out. <laughs> I want that magic spell too. I totally understand. <laughs> that scene where Buffy and uh Xander and Anya are trying to figure out what's up with Willow and Buffy's ra- rationalizing while Willow is like what Willow is doing and how she's fine while Xander and Anya are, like, totally truth-talking about what's up with that. And Buffy's like, no, she's fine. Like, that's, man, anytime someone's gone off the rails in life, like, this conversation, I love that. That felt like the best. That was, like, the scene that defined this episode for Mm. me. (laughs) I loved it.
0: That's cool. Yeah. And in typical, like, Buffy fashion, she's defending Willow because of the shit in her own life that she's, like yeah like if if i if i admit willow has a problem then i have to admit i have a problem so willow is fine (laughs) (laughs) totally but like the best part is like it's
1: it's season six and like buffy is still doing the same weird like verbal rationalization for her behavior that she would do in like season one or season two or season three it's like she's still that person which is great uh trav what's this about the song oh yeah sorry missed that um, no, just if you were curious, like what song was playing? Because I was like, "Oh, this song is pretty cool." Um, the, it's the the band is called Leica or Leica, L A I K A, and the song is "Black Cat Bone." And the album's albums from year two thousand. And if you want to listen to music, I think this is the music I've never heard music more underproduced than this album. <laughs> I mean, this album really sounds like it was recorded on two tracks. I mean, it sounds it, it is so painfully underproduced but it's pretty good like it's it's definitely it was it scratches a really interesting it like itch like it's it's almost like grunge I mean it's almost like grunge music this actual album but um but it's it's actually quite good and interesting so I would you know if you want to listen to something where it's like so underproduced like it's crazy like it's refreshingly underproduced and this is the song that Willow we we hear when Willow gets high when she's on the ceiling. Yeah, when she's on the uh, ceiling. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's 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 super interesting. It's like a Dogma ninety five movie. Like I feel feels like like the like the the, <laughs> like the, song, the album equivalent of a Dogma movie, <laughs> where like you can only use like natural sounds <laughs> and like the electricity you can generate by like a, a exercise bicycle. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 interesting. There's so much being stimulated in that scene.
3: That like yeah. feels like nineties cringe and uh I think yeah, underproduced
0: nineties cringe. So uh she's getting high because of a warlock named Rack, who's played by Jeff Cober. Yeah. Uh, Michael, did you recognize Cober? No. Because he no? played uh a vampire in season three. He's uh, the vampire what, Zachary something? He's Zachary a- Kralik 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 <laughs> He's the dude who uh, kidnaps uh, Joyce uh, in the trials, in the Slayer trials. You remember, yeah? You remember when the uh, the Watcher Council like had like the craziest vampire,
2: and they like uh, they they hypnotize Buffy, and that that's him, same guy. Buffy
0: defeats him by tricking him into drinking holy water because she doesn't. And have he her puts Slayer's he trick. like he like
2: gets off on like rubbing the cross on his nipple or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah it's so weird. <laughs> this is the Council episode.
1: This this should trigger Mike in all kinds of ways. Like it's big bad Council. <laughs> It triggers me this is where this is where Giles yeah. is is injecting Buffy with poison. Gosh,
3: guys, I'm so disappointed in myself. I didn't recognize Rack. It just seemed like
2: vaguely creepy dude without who had no makeup. Uh, <laughs> he's also a very recognizable just character actor in general. Yeah. Like he's on he's uh He's
0: on a million things. He's man. got a million <laughs> things, super,
1: Yeah. He's got a super distinctive yeah. face and voice and like yeah. he's like this weird, like mutated version of um,
2: uh, he looks like Steve Tyler from Aerosmith.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I was thinking of um, who's Batman. Uh, who's like the third Val Kilmer? Val Kilmer.
0: Yeah, he's like Val oh, Kilmer. Yeah. He's like he's I, like
2: yeah, like a fucked up Val Kilmer. Yeah. Well, no, not like an effed Val, like Val a,
0: Kilmer. He's like a Val Kilmer who's already wearing vampire makeup. He's, yeah. an
2: alternate, <laughs>
1: he's like a he's like an alternate dimension Val Kilmer. Like we have these pocket dimensions. There's that guy and he's doing
0: Val Kilmer's roles. And this dimension Val Kilmer has as that guy's roles. <laughs> I also like, like, it turns out Amy's been going to this dude since high school. And, like, yeah, me, that strains credibility. That she's, no, like, in senior
2: year sneaking off to do this shit seemed like a lot. To me,
0: this felt real because I was like, you know that feeling you get when, like, you find out your friend has been into, like, some shit you didn't have any idea yeah, about? Yeah, okay. Like, we, like, really, Amy doesn't, like, back in high school, they didn't know that much about Amy. Like, Willow was part of her coven for, like, one episode, you know? Like,. I don't know. I believe it when you find out, like your friends have just been like, like a friend has just been doing like way more serious shit than you do, than you have, and you're like, oh, I we <laughs> were joking this whole time. <laughs> uh. Uh. Is this the first like true like uh, getting high scene in Buffy?
3: I mean, other people have gotten high, right? Like in the world of Buffy, but I think for the Scooby Gang, they don't get high, so i mean but then there's been like psa vibes to some of these episodes yeah. like yeah. this could be a season one You're episode bad. for how uh, over the head it gets with this yeah. stuff like hits you over the head with the messaging
1: My, uh, were, were you all were you all relieved or impressed or just not impressed by the or thankful possibly a combination of all of those that there were no visible minorities in, the, in this broadcast, <laughs> like I was oh, very sure. thankful that they did uh, not do that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm well, well, thankful, well. I was very thankful. I don't even know if it just happened it. by accident, because we know that Buffy has like a whiteness problem. Yeah.
3: Well, I if think, this was Angel, they definitely would have dealt yeah. with that. I think that the, the visual so reference
2: white. here is not so is not so much, uh, you know, whatever else they'd be referencing. Uh, I think the visual reference here is uh, is train spotting. Yeah, I think that they're like they're doing train spotting. And that's why like I, the um, I was thinking about like it's so weird that like the drug house has a waiting room like it's a doctor's office. But that's kind of the vibe in train spotting, too. Like when they go to Mother Superior and it's like there's there's sort of a like waiting room vibe to it. Um,
3: yeah. And the way
2: that Willow is dealing
3: with the consequence of the drug, like the 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 come down is very much like the nausea of like coming off of heroin. Right. Like that convulsions and stuff. That's at least from my experience as a viewer in train spotting.
0: Right. <laughs> and the whole hanging on the ceiling is like a direct train spotting reference, right? That's like the, the dead baby.
1: <laughs> yeah, except. Can, can, can I ask the demon doctor a question? Yes. Demon <laughs> doctor Dennis, what, what, is, what is the demon <laughs> rack up to when he's just grabbing on Willow and getting the, her life force?
0: That's a good question because it is like, what is this guy's business model? <laughs> now, tell us his demon business model. I mean, this is one of those episodes where, like, the whole like the metaphor totally breaks down because, like, like Amy keeps saying like spells that last for days, which is really puzzling to me because it's like haven't all these spells always last forever? Like, Buffy's, <laughs> Buffy's not gonna die again when the spell wears out, right? Um, <laughs> Unless you're talking about the spells being explicitly drug trips. Uh, I mean, he must be absorbing some of her life force or something, that's what I'm reading. And that's why everybody looks so drained in the waiting room. But I'd I'd really prefer to just see an exchange of money for magic drugs.
1: How do how do you feel that he told her she tasted
0: like strawberries? <laughs> <laughs> it's gross. Are you asking me as a doctor? demons
1: right because he has to get a taste before he can offer them the drugs right like they get close honestly that's just a weird play in her strawberry red hair like if anything willow would taste like like metal or iron like she's really powerful she's done a bunch of weird stuff like she's not some girly quote girly girl or exceptionally effeminate or
2: well i think that is the like not girly but i think that is sort of the the role she's playing in this episode is that she's more Pure. she's the newcomer to this she's the innocent one and her, her innocence is what yeah her innocence is what makes her a commodity uh but strawberries it's are a, not i innocent. think it's giving you're supposed to get vibes of like sexual exploitation from
0: yeah
1: that. yeah But, uh, but strawberries I, is just a fruit it's not it's not like an yeah. innocent fruit or like a.
2: It's it ripe, is though. Dude, it's it is ripe. There's red The juice connotation, in it. yeah, is that she's a, she's a berry ready to be plucked. Yeah, exactly. I, I it's yeah. it's gross and it's supposed and, it, and it's intentionally
0: gross. It's meant Where to be do gross. strawberries fall in the line of sexually explicit fruit? Less explicit than bananas. <laughs> <laughs> more more explicit than kiwis.
3: Yeah. Oh man, some kiwis. Dude, you nailed it. That's so
1: funny. Just like I can totally see that infographic playing out over this episode yeah i guess admittedly strawberries have like a really like kind of rough shelf life um
0: (laughs) so uh mike what are
3: (laughs) are we even talking about (laughs) well i mean i want to spend more time on this getting high stuff i really do i mean we can i maybe we can do it at the end to just because you kind of have to see the whole episode kind of where it goes um but the the scene um after the first i guess like Let's hang and get high. Uh, where Willow's being comforted by Tara's clothes is very sweet and sad, and it's frustrating to me because I really like that scene, but I don't like this episode. And I just want to pluck a few things out of this episode and make a new episode with them. And that's <laughs> one of them. I really like mm-hmm. that scene.
0: Yeah, I think this is one of the episodes people have a really hard time with when they think about, at least like when. when I do. When I think about season six, I think about this string yeah. of episodes, and I'm like, "What the fuck even is this? What yeah, happened I, to the I show, think,
2: man?" <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I think this is my least favorite episode of all of Buffy, maybe, because it's so dumb. Like the 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 drug metaphor is so underthought out, and so it's so explicit, and then they just don't they go nowhere interesting with it. Um, and it, it just, it feels very clear that like, at least it may, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, I don't want to oversay what I'm trying to say. Cause like, I'm sure there are people who have actually dealt with addiction. I've have never have who, for whom this may, may, I'm sure there's somebody out there who has dealt with addiction who actually feels like this metaphor is really meaningful to them. But I think more likely it's just complete nonsense written by people who have never experienced it in yeah. their life. And it just feels very fake and very forced.
0: Yeah. That's, that's something I, I, forgot to bring up earlier is like I used to have this Steve uh, used to have this thing where he'd always call out when drugs were being used in a movie where he's like that actor doesn't know what like has never been high in their life so he would like Robocop 2 was a big one he would all call call out he's like nobody (laughs) in this entire scene has ever gotten fucking messed up and you can tell (laughs) well I mean Frank Miller's probably never done drugs he just drank
3: drank till black he blacked out woke up and he had drawn a cartoon you know (laughs)
1: Well, I I think, you know, what rings false is that, um, is that, uh, you know, essentially, um, uh, willow hits, uh, willow hits rock bottom within like, uh, 12 hours, you know, real addiction, you don't hit rock bottom that quick. Um, and immediately it's been brewing over time, but still, um, that, that's kind of one of the major problems with it for sure. And, um, uh, another issue is that, uh, their use of uh, magic and uh, as a drug metaphor, they're just—you wouldn't take your younger ward to your crack house or your heroin den. That's not how addiction works. You, you don't bring your friends and family to <laughs> to do the. It's drugs. just
3: gonna be a minute, dude. It's just gonna be a minute. Look, we're gonna go. We're just gonna miss the
1: trailers. No big deal. I'll be right back. Okay, just hang yeah. out in this this waiting room. <laughs> That may that may work if it's like picking up weed, but it's like you don't you know, it's one thing to go in to pick up some weed, but it's like that doesn't really happen with heroin or other hard drugs. It feels like. But
0: yeah, yeah. Rack didn't provide like a, a doggy bag for the magic drugs. Right. <laughs> a doggy bag. No, you got to be present to receive the gift from Rack.
1: Plus, it was really inconvenient. Like, clearly, you have to get high and stay there. Which is also not like how most you know drugs work. (laughs) It's like these drugs must be consumed on the premises of your drug dealer. (laughs) It's like uh, I feel like that's
0: not how things work. So I think that's why it rings false. One of the many reasons. Yeah. Well, also the whole thing of like like magic being drugs is like magic was also the thing that empowered her at the beginning of the series, and in season four it was like about her sexual awakening and everything, and now it's always been about drugs the entire time. And we just didn't know it. It's like, yeah, the metaphor doesn't
2: work for that reason. And also because of, like spoiler alert, like they revert on this magic. Isn't always a metaphor for drugs. Like they, they do go back at some point and then it just feels like, all
1: right, are you kidding me? But, but <laughs> what, but why, well, you know, Willow was always very, very smart and very sciencey. Like why have they, why have they um, dropped that as one of her, her qualities, you know, that, that, Willow, Willow wasn't always about magic. Willow was a smart person, well intentioned, a hero, you know, willing to do the right thing. Like, that's Willow. And like, the magic came later, but she was always a good person first, it felt like.
2: Well, I mean, I uh, feel like that part maybe rings true. I mean, I think that that's sort of like well, when yeah. she brings out the laptop and everybody's sort of shocked that she can't even just use a like a laptop normally. I feel like that. That part works, that it's sort of just yes. it's a it's a thing that distorts her personality.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, I just she's like struggling. Like, what am I? Just some some girl without the magic. But it's like, ah, you're this amazing science expert. You know, the only person who's better at science than you made a Frankenstein monster. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: that's yeah and
1: and you've been you've been using your science to to um update the buffy bot with like technology that's unavailable to the u.s military i mean (laughs) but but we're here for you willow
0: uh john i think you ask a very important question here
2: oh uh not really uh i mean we kind of talked about it in great lines but there's this moment uh where uh Amy is stealing uh, a bunch of things including sage from Willow's bedroom. And I just want to know like does Amy know that uh you can just buy sage in a store? I mean, Buffy does again sort of call this out in the episode. And maybe it's sort of uh meant to uh you know really impart just how stupid drugs make you. But she's just like, because it's bad, it reminds me of you know what it reminds me, it reminds me of there's a moment in train spotting where he says, uh, we would have injected vitamin C if only they'd made it illegal. But I feel like Amy's having this moment where she's just in such the the uh, the drug addict mindset that she has to steal Sage. Yeah. She doesn't it doesn't even occur to her she can go buy it for like a dollar.
0: It reminds me of uh that Clone High did an episode about drugs, but it was all about raisins or <laughs> <laughs> getting high on raisins Uh, i really laughed though inappropriately at the scene where they see the demon and willow's like don't worry don it's not real don saw it (laughs) willow you dummy you druggy (laughs) dum-dum don't worry don you're reacting to my hallucination we're fine How how unimportant
2: is that monster in this episode? How <laughs> uninterested are the writers in that monster? Yeah. They're just oh, like
0: totally. they just they just feel so rote. Like it's also a big idea, the idea that you can while you're high accidentally summon a demon from hell, which is where he states he's <laughs> from. Like that's a really large idea. And it's like they do nothing with it. They Yeah. The the actor who does it, who's the demon is pretty good though, he does a mm-hmm. like neck thing yeah. throughout. Uh but also, this episode has the problem of, like, when the Slayer isn't around, Don and Willow just have to be able to kick a demon and he flies across, like, the street. It's like, this This guy doesn't seem that tough. Don can kick him.
1: I was going to ask, was the demon summoned as a consequence of, like, the getting high spell? Like, that's the price you pay with Rack? I don't know. I don't know if it's ever... It's not stated. It's never, right? Yeah, never... I mean, that would also explain why there's so many de- demons in Sunnydale.
2: There's a... Magical drug ring house thing, that- and it's just such an annoying um, <laughs> sort of morality piece that they bring into it, right? Like, it just feels like this is her comeuppance for being a gross drug addict. Uh, that you know, you have to. There's this. There's this. You know, consequence that comes and gets you, as opposed to the actual literal consequences, which feel much more real. Like, about you know, oh, I'm not uh, you know in charge of my faculty, so I'm I'm I am unsafe with a young person. Like, right. you
0: well, know, I feel think- that. If it was written better, it would feel like a big connection to Giles' Ripper days. Because what did Giles right. do when he was a kid? He would summon a demon to get high. Right. If they explicitly said that's what Willow was doing, that would make sense. But they don't. It just looks like a thing that happened. Like her hallucination became real by accident, right? It's such a condescending Fucking writing. episode. Yeah. Like yeah, condescends
3: it. to the audience and to the characters. I mean, it's really a bummer. Did they get paid? I mean, question, did they get paid by a government body to do this PSA?
2: Well, do you, if you recall, we discussed this um, in the Beer Bad episode. There is yeah. evidence that they did. I, But I believe that that would have been a season four episode. Um, there's no proof that it was necessarily Beer Bad or that even that such an episode was actually produced. Uh, but now we're on a new network and who knows the deal, right? So this is yeah. The- and I I mean, I think if I recall the, 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 the government program that allowed them to sort of like it was like they could trade um, – they could trade psa time for uh, and then still sell that as advertising because they could count the program as a psa if they put enough anti-drug messaging in the in the actual program but i believe that was like a weird program that only ran for a couple of years so i don't think it was still going on if i remember my research from when we did Beer bad it's because it was so successful it just timed out you
0: know
2: <laughs> we just don't have no longer anymore. has a
0: drug problem it's got no drug problem man <laughs> I mean, you, your kids use too much sage these days. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, this now it's all Tide Pods and internet <laughs> porn.
1: Um, did you guys <laughs> like how like uh, like Willow was able to disintegrate the, the the demon? I mean, like that was crazy. Yeah,
3: that was uh, a neat effect. Uh, but this this car wreck scene, I just want to talk about the car scene because it's crazy, and it also like it just escalates what's going on in this scene and it's just this whole this episode and just like hey guys let's just get this done let's just can we get this done now let's just get it done let's take this where it's going because like if there's isn't this scene in it and willow's just high and don is disappointed then it's like cool we can stew in this for three more episodes but instead it's like fucking guys let's fucking act three this shit let's get this done so willow um they're they're running from the demon and uh like commandeers a vehicle (laughs) magically, magically steals a car and then doesn't drive it. Like, she's like, just, I'm having fun, guys. I'm not even going to touch the steering wheel. And she's laughing. Dawn is freaked out. Like, I that made me laugh. Willow laughing made me laugh in that scene because I'm like, what the, what the fuck is going on here? Where is this going? And then when they wreck the car horrifically, it's like, I could not, my jaw dropped. I couldn't believe they did that to these characters. This scene is such a mess because it's like, now Willow is completely irredeemable as a character. She endangered Dawn and like totally fucked herself up too. Like this is such a crazy turn for the scene. Like we've had crazy turns in scenes. Like when this brought me back to when Cordelia stepped through like the hole in the floor and then impaled herself. Like this is yeah. serious fucking trauma. Willow could definitely be dead from this scene. So could Dawn. And instead, like they're just revving up the engine to like <laughs> to shut down this storyline. <laughs> But like, this is so traumatic, this whole sequence, like, this is a crazy scene, I don't like it, it bothers me so much, and then uh, it gets resolved quickly, but, um, man, like, like, this could be a really good scene somewhere else, but I don't like where it comes from, because it comes out of the, like, weird, you know, condescending magic scene to, like, a very realistic, terrifying car scene that, like... Like is done with just such dramatic realism. Like I, we've seen this in other like kind of teen movies. I, I I can't remember the name of the teen movie that I've seen this in. This same kind of car scene, but it ends with somebody dying and like we don't come back to it. But like I don't know. It's just I like, know what you did last summer. <laughs> <laughs> this is just such a realistic scene with like a weird unrealistic payoff, and I it makes it makes the emotions really good at the end of this where Buffy turns on Willow and she's like you know I can't trust you and like irredeemably can't be trusted but man uh, i just i it doesn't belong it i don't like how it sits in this in this uh episode so that's kind of my wtf i don't know how you guys feel about this car scene i mean it's
0: i mean i i one of the things that's weird is like we see how fast they're going and then they hit that like pole or whatever full speed but then neither buffy or or neither don or willow is like that injured it feels like if they're gonna like make it feel like such a real car crash they should like deal with some real broken bones um but don don does have a broken bone she does have end. a broken bone,
2: yeah yeah but it does it feels it feels like a pulled punch because it does feel like and it just i think what makes it feel that way is not so much that don is the level of don's injury is that how quick buffy is to f- almost forgive willow and they sort of talk it out in one conversation um and i mean i think we know that the situation like it's not completely resolved but the way that conversation goes uh you know Willow immediately comes around to, oh, I just, like, I'm out of control and I need to stop doing this. And Buffy's like, yeah, you do.
0: Yeah. Well, it's because it's, it's just, like, Buffy, again, like, not even really thinking about Willow in that scene, but thinking about herself, right? Right. right. Um, but I do, I really do actually like the scene right before that where Don, where they're still in the alley and Buffy, and Willow is, like, so demanding, like, that her apology be immediately accepted. and Don, right. And Buffy is just so full, so done with that shit. Just like, she's like, I'm not even going to, like, have this discussion right now. I just want you to go away. But I do think it's funny that Dawn mentioned Joan Crawford earlier in this episode, since so she's the one dramatically slapping Willow. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Is the metaphor just completely broken down when we see, at the end, Willow going through withdrawals? It's like, what is this magic withdrawal? You know? uh,
3: Willow, for inspiration, I'm going to need you to watch this scene from Spotting yeah
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> Oh, the spells are leaving my body. My body can't produce spells on its own anymore. Um, but i did I did laugh also at seeing the garlic on the windows because like Buffy could not reasonably be like, "Before you quit magic hole Hug, can you disinvite Spike?" So she has to do like her own disinvite, which is just garlic on the windows. All right, let's move on to questions for the group questions for the group
3: okay well this i mean i, I just want to spend a little time in this because uh it's we're gonna we're live we live here now uh what is what is spike and buffy's relationship right now what is what's going on here uh hate sex
2: <laughs> yeah friends with detriments <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I I, i'm probably the one
2: sorry <laughs> I'm, I'm probably the one who's, like, the most
1: on board. I mean, I feel like uh, this relationship makes sense, you know, sadly enough. Uh, Buffy's a superhero. She can't be with regular men.
0: And Spike's not a regular vampire. I mean, one thing we definitely didn't get into in this episode, because it's mostly about Willow, is, like, Spike's incredibly, like, misogynistic behavior I mean like this there's a reason I'm like recommending Italian movies when it comes to recommendations cuz it's like this is very much from the the like theory of like uh consent is like if you like it <laughs> right
3: damn yeah he's he gets away with a bunch of misogynistic remarks when they're even out to I mean in early in the episode but then when they're out to go uh find Don Dawn when Don's missing and Spike's been sleeping all day what the heck like they're just, they're so cutting to each other and it's so, un, it's so it's painful to watch as a viewer to see them cut at each other like that. I want the resolution of them to just agree to be together, but that's not how this works. Like Buffy hates herself. Spike wants her, but can't. He has to be authentic to who he is and like, you know, how he feels about about them. It's just, uh, it's such an odd place to be. It feels like I want this relationship to be on the way somewhere. And I don't know where, like to some kind of resolution, but I think this is, the relationship because I can't, I can't see them getting out of this cycle they're in. Right. Of like hate and frustration push away and then showing up together again because like, yeah, like you said, Buffy's a superhero and Spike hates himself.
1: <laughs> but Spike, yeah, know. I mean, Spike, Spike likes himself.
3: Yeah. Well, this, this mutual fetish they have for each other, <laughs> whereas, you know, he, she's a slayer and he's a vampire and that's kind of her thing. You know, she doesn't want to talk about
1: it, <laughs> put it into words. What was your favorite culinary mistake? Could be from <laughs> high school, could be from now. Um, I, I'll start out, I think maybe 10 years ago, I mean, I once, I, maybe 12 years ago, I once made a tortilla, a sandwich that had peanut butter and turkey and cheese. And uh, it was actually very good. Um, no, it wasn't. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. So, I mean, that's the only weird... I mean, she makes a peanut butter and banana quesadilla, which actually sounds
2: amazing, but... No, it doesn't. But Don, Don does. Um, <laughs> uh, my question about a peanut butter, banana quesadilla is, does it has, still have cheese in it? Or is it just peanut butter and banana? Oh, no. It should. It would just have peanut butter and banana in there. Then it's not a quesadilla. Well, it's
1: between two tortillas. But
2: that's that, not that, the... depth.
1: <laughs> queso. I understand tortilla and queso is quesadilla.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> I agree. I think you're right though, because I, I I did free, freeze frame it and look at all the ingredients that are out on the counter, and I don't
0: see any cheese. <laughs> you did. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we've done this research. Um, so so, uh, so so what are
1: what are your your culinary mistakes? I know Mike mentioned at one point a some sort of fish sardine salad or something that he gets in trouble with with his partner
3: Yeah, I mean this is Anchovy you know, salad. COVID is bringing out some bad uh, bad recipes for sure. And uh yeah, canned sardine rice, avocado
2: and leftover salad uh in a bowl. That sounds all right.
3: That sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. It
2: sounds awesome, right? I, you're either yeah. like a canned sardine person or you're not, you know. Yeah.
0: I I mentioned already on this podcast before my uh anchovy and egg tacos which i really liked but it, it was definitely a wake-up call of like covid is doing strange things i'm getting way too into myself into my own like food <laughs> taste um, but i did it like another two times after even mentioning that because i was like i still got more cans of anchovies um, well I, i'm de- definitely getting to a weird place with my vinegar based hot sauce and
3: then my habanero based hot sauce and i like i realized i can't cross those streams anymore like that's right. feeling a little bit too much so if you're going because of the like, the heartburn or <laughs> just they don't they don't mix very well. So I am I'm, I'm, when I do the sardine dish, I go all vinegar, hot sauce, and mm. that, and I stay away from the habanero sides. Uh, even though the 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 kind of protein that can unite them in a, a sardine vinegar salad dish is an egg, which egg can handle the habanero and the vinegar, but you just got to go full vinegar, hot sauce. Anyway, this is the gross stuff I'm doing.
0: Yeah. No, I think COVID is really bringing it out. I I made a, a culinary, like, you know, what do I have thing that actually turned out really well of like a sweet potato, fried collard greens and an egg and then like cayenne pepper and hot sauce. And it was like my favorite meal that week for sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm locked up with like my wife, who's an incredible cook. And uh, I'm extremely lucky. I just like she's making sourdough bread. She's making uh, elderflower wine as I speak. Just uh, there, there's a, there's I have never of... eaten so well.
1: Isn't, isn't there some amazing or unfortunate flour
2: shortage going on in the UK right now? That's what I hear. About. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's true. The flour shortage is, is real. Um, we, we, we struggled for a long time to get flour. I didn't know. Were you guys not experiencing the flour shortage in the States? we have um, other shortages.
3: The I flour, mean, shortage flour is very east. real.
2: Um but we managed to get uh like a big industrial bag of flour because uh Harriet uh she scoured the internet for a place that would have that had that had like a giant bag of flour uh that would deliver it to our house. So, unfortunately, I have to ask a question now that takes us back to talking about this episode. Um uh What do you guys think? Do you think that Giles, if he was still around, would he have like been able to stop this shit? Would he have been able to be like, you guys, I've been there. Like Dennis said, you know, I've like, I've done the whole magic demon to get high thing. Uh Would he have been able to like keep this under control, or at least have kept Dawn out of danger?
0: Am I leaving Dawn in danger? Is my Slayer too far? <laughs> yes, apparently he can.
2: was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I mean, yes, obviously like they can't do this episode with Giles. They can't do a drug episode with Giles around because Giles is such a reasonable human being and would get them out of this trouble/ slash prevent them from doing it. You can't have a dad and do this. I mean I mean this is this whole season is just like
0: what if Giles wasn't a part of the show? Yeah, what if there's no adults? Yeah. Yeah, I, Giles, I would if, have I would have liked Giles, Giles in this episode. It. Giles finds out he's like I leave for one week and you are off screwing vampires and doing magic drugs. Dawn's in the hospital. Dogs and cats living together.
1: (laughs) I'll I'll admit it. Like it would be more like impactful if Giles had yelled at um, Willow at the end of the episode. Like for sure. For sure.
0: Let's talk themes and deep stuff.
1: deep stuff. Well,
3: a lot of this episode is about responsibility, you know, responsibility to be a parent to Dawn. And there is um, an implicit responsibility and guilt that Buffy and uh, Willow feel to raise Dawn or to be there for her, but um, they haven't they don't talk about it. There's no coordination. They have not put into words what that responsibility is or how they would maintain that relationship. And I mean, clearly that's the, that's the big, that's a big th- challenge here is what it means to be responsible. And I think like for this episode, at least like putting that into words and having clarity around it, that would be really helpful. But you know, we all, I think most of us live in this world of implicit versus explicit responsibility. Like there's a lot of assumed uh, assumptions about what it what you who you are and how you behave and what your what your responsibilities are like tara is not explicitly responsible for dawn but is present for dawn even though she doesn't even live in the house with them anymore so like i guess that's what um i connected with this episode was about what it means to be responsible and then you know of course willow's self-indulgence and buffy's self-indulgence like they're really harmful to other people but they both want kind of so badly to be irresponsible,
2: <laughs> too. Like, but there's a lot of guilt that comes with being irresponsible. God, they're, what, 20 years old? I kind of want to be like, go for it, guys. Like, have sex with weird people and do weird drugs. Like, what else are you supposed to do when you're that age? Take care of your younger sister, obviously. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just, I mean, and that is true for a lot of people. A lot of people don't get to be irresponsible at that age. I mean, I did, because uh, that was one of, one of the many privileges I have enjoyed in my life, but, you know. Uh, you know you you feel bad uh, that they don't get to just do that uh, oh yeah I guess
3: yeah you could feel sorry for them because they can't be irresponsible the, there are con- there's too many consequences for them I mean that's not even with the responsibility of being a slayer which is you know <laughs> we're taking care of Sunnydale like we don't even deal with that problem this episode we even barely it's more about just taking care of Dawn and being a parent yeah I think that that felt like the theme for this uh, horrible episode that All has right. that has two such great moments Ugh, you guys
1: what are the two great moments
3: oh um just just that amazing car wreck <laughs> like oh. that would have been great in an like if it were real and then um <laughs> like they could have killed both those characters and i would have been amazed by the show but instead <laughs> they they pulled the punch right of what of what it uh the consequences were and then um yeah Willow um, enjoying the sweater or whatever, Tara's Clothes. I feel like you could
0: build a whole episode out of that. That was great. So let's move on to Recommendations. Recommendations. I chose uh, some drug movies first. Um, I chose The Trip, uh, the Roger Corman. Not a not really a classic, but the movie that uh we wouldn't have um as many drug movies without this movie. It was the <laughs> kind of <laughs> the setup for it um and then I jumped all the way to uh a scanner darkly scanner Darkly is good honestly it's a good movie it's a good book uh I had a super weird moment while listening to the book on tape where they explicitly mention the mountains over the ma- the mountains between Napa Valley and Santa Rosa and I was driving those mountains at the same time and I was like whoa <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> cuz in their fu- in uh that future uh like Napa Valley instead of becoming like this like billion dollar wine county becomes like where drug where the you know where uh drugs are harvested instead um and then uh, the more modern uh, from last year, Midsummer, because that movie actually shows like drug trips in a way that I feel is realistic, uh, and it's something that's like very rarely actually happens in movies. So I felt like it was worth uh, shouting out when it is done well, when it does feel like, oh, these guys know what it's like to like do mushrooms. And then I'm going to recommend a pair of uh, Italian giallos uh, starring uh, Edward Finch partially because I watched uh, the strange vice of mrs ward last night and right after watching uh this episode of buffy and i felt like it connected in that there's like the misogynist male serial killer who actually like looks a lot like spike like same body type bleached blonde hair and leather jacket and it's the same kind of attitude of like i couldn't have raped you (laughs) because you liked it (laughs) um and uh then i it's the same actress and it's the same time period and st- stuff all the colors of the dark is her movie where she gets involved in a cult and has like all these hallucinatory scenes that feel a lot like what Willow went through um, and also involves stalking men um, so those are my recs for this week uh, anyone else have anything we talked about train spotting a lot and apparently yeah. Ghostbusters <laughs> uh, yeah let's recommend those also then Uh, All right. Why don't we do uh, predictions? Virgin predictions.
2: All right, Michael, you are currently uh, rated at a 63.77% as a predictor of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And at a 71.79% as a predictor of season six. We're going to see if we can uh, screw those numbers up for you. So not a lot to talk about this episode, just a couple here. Okay, so in season four, episode uh, 14, Michael, you predicted that Willow will be identified as a bad witch. Now, there's a moment in this episode where um, they're talking about finding the... uh, drug waiting room and uh spike says uh you have to be in on the big bad like a vampire or a witch now by implication there being a witch is bad and willow is one so is and she is specifically the the witch who has found rack's drug waiting room so does that identify willow as a bad witch what do you think
0: I really don't think you you had to... I don't think you had to go into such detail. You just had to be like, Willow is obviously a bad witch in this episode. The the
2: verb here is identify. She has to be identified.
0: I just want to confirm it because she's a bad witch, but not because of this weird, like... (laughs) Tiny little verb.
1: She's using evil magic, yeah. She's a bad witch right
0: now. Yeah. I'm fine with giving this a confirmation.
2: Okay, so we'll go ahead and confirm that.
0: Oh, great.
2: Very good. Okay, and one more to talk about here, which is in uh, Season 6, Episode 8, uh, just a couple of episodes ago, Michael, you made a super prediction where you predicted that Buffy and Spike will break up in Season 6. Now, because of everything we've talked about, I think this is a tricky one because Buffy and Spike can't really break up unless they're together. But I feel like to the degree to which they are together because they kissed in the musical episode or whatever... They are now sort of broken up when Buffy storms off away from him after having slept with him. But it's obvious they're going to do it again. I don't know. I don't know. Could this be... Are they breaking up and getting back together repeatedly? Or are they having one long relationship? I feel like it's sort of... Is it, are they doing any of those things? I don't know.
0: Uh, I wouldn't confirm this one yet. Just... Okay. Whatever's going this on one. with them is still going.
2: Yeah, we're gonna leave yeah. this one alone because uh, if there is a moment, it has not arrived. I think, I think, I think we can agree with that. Okay, uh, that was just one confirmation, thus raising wow. your overall accuracy
0: uh, to a. Uh, Dennis, do you have something? Oh no, I'm I'm looking, but I don't see anything. I'm surprised we don't have more about like Willow's magic drug use
2: thing. Yeah, there is one um, about an intervention, but I feel like that has not happened because I didn't want to talk about that one because uh, it's really just just Buffy. So Yeah. Okay, so that, Michael, uh, puts you at a, a 63.86 overall accuracy. And uh, for season uh, six, you are raised to a 72.5%. Great. Well, uh, appreciate the confirmation.
3: And let's move on with some more predictions. Number one here... I believe there's no consequences for Willow stealing and destroying a car in this episode, season six, up 10. Not only she stole a car, she totaled it. Um, but no one cares. Um, not car, not my no consequences. Um, and I, I guess I just want, because this could rack up at the end of season six, and I see you're highlighting it now. I just want to make a comment to that, which is like, uh, if there's no consequences in like this season,
1: um, in season six, uh, like that's this one's done, <laughs> it's confirmed. So you're saying that there's a chance that there'll be an ongoing like D or C plot where the police try to track down <laughs> a car thief. <laughs> <laughs> <the> worst crime <laughs> that's happened in Sunnydale in years.
3: <laughs> yeah, car theft is not a serious problem in Sunnydale, not compared to these other problems. Uh, another prediction here: uh no more Rack in season six. It was fun to play with that character. He's that's the end. Uh I didn't even recognize him from his previous appearance, so uh I'm not gonna have to they don't wanna keep him around so long that people think that there's a connection between these other characters. So thanks character actor Rack. Um next prediction here, Willow isn't giving up magic. She's gonna use magic again. Is she gonna use magic probably
1: next episode? Can
3: we just but, confirm like, that do not now. gonna give it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't don't, don't, don't said, elaborate, Mike. Just this leave it is, as it is. That should have been a super prediction. Jeez. (laughs) Okay,
3: well, I'll make that a super super then, too. Stupor
0: prediction. (laughs) Stupor. Can't all be good.
3: Uh, Okay, well, um, this Xander and Anya wedding is happening season six. I mean, they're looking at bridal magazines, picking out cocktail dresses, like, or whatever Anya's weird culture uh, coming out. Um, so Xander, Anya Wedding, se- season six, and then the super. I think Amy and Willow are moving in together. I do not believe that Buffy will be comfortable with Willow still in the house. So I think like she's got a GTFO. So uh Amy and Willow move in together. Now, whether they're the dorms, I don't know. But they're moving in together. That's my soup. All right.
0: All right. Uh I've been uh your host, Dennis St. John. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and dot com at dennis comics that's d-e-n-i-s-c-o-m-i-x uh you can buy my mini comics and monster stuff it's fun uh (laughs) thank you one and all it's It's fun fun. (laughs) (laughs) thank you one and all for listening and talking to us at buffy virgin don't forget to rate us and we hope you're subscribing you can watch us on youtube our twitter is at buffy virgin pod our instagram is buffy virgin for Buffy monster drawings. Uh, You can also check us out at BuffyVirgin.com, reach out, we love to hear from you, and we'll see you in hell.